You are now listening to Pole Hook Golf, an unfiltered golf podcast taking you inside the ropes with unfiltered stories, insights, analysis, and exclusive interviews. Welcome back, everybody, to Pull Hook Golf, the podcast. I'm Matt Cook. Next to me is Mr. Bobby Brown, the famous PGA Tour caddy, caddy for SH Kim. And boy, oh boy, Bobby, we are finally down to the last 30. Woo, this is going to be something because last week at the BMW Championship, it was absolute money. That Sunday finish was absolutely insane. Some of the best golf that I have seen in such a long time, especially Victor Hovland, which we will get to here on this episode. But boy, oh boy, it is Tour Championship week. Why does it feel like the Tour Championship is actually becoming bigger than ever before. I mean, it actually feels important. And I don't know if this is the first year that I've actually felt this. Um, Like, I don't remember last year being all pumped up for the Tour Championship. Like, it was just another week. It's like, okay, the PGA Tour season's coming to a close. Let's see who's going to get it, blah, blah, blah. Now it's like... This is a real deal Holyfield type of situation. I don't know if it's because it was trimmed down to the 70, which neither you nor I liked, but I, I'm not quite sure. What do you yeah. think? I think you're just super excited because it's an opportunity to pad your massive lead in the penny bet race. Cool. Yeah, that's that could point. be it. I'm excited for tour championship every single year, whether I'm involved or not, whether I'm not involved, but I think that this is just kind of the, you know, one year removed from the live guys not being in it last year. I think this one makes it a little bit more exciting to me personally. And it, and it's a, it, and it's a horse race, you know, we, we found out last year that anybody, it doesn't matter how far back you are. Um, anybody can win and the cream is rising to the top and, and, you know, and it's the, it's the grand poobah. It's when every, everybody makes a boatload of Wait, money. what did you yeah. just say? The grand poobah? You never heard that before? The Grand No, Poobah? but I love it. I think I'm going to use it from now on. That's fantastic stuff. I'll drink to that. It's the Grand Poobah. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is great Boy, stuff, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it does remind me of the time that, God, what was the word that Mikey Perez threw at me the one time? Oh, geez, I'm going to forget it. I'll, I'll remember it at some point on this episode, I hope. Um, but he was like, you don't have any, um, oh, what's the word? And then I looked it up and it was a real word. I don't know. I don't believe poobah is a real word. I think it is. The grand poobah. We're going to have to look that up later. P-O-O-B-A-H, poobah. We're distracted already, but actually, before we get into the BMW Championship, yeah, right, What what's new? Um, <laughs> it's one of the things that our audience has come to love about us, I guess, uh, because they keep listening okay. week in and week out, which is great. Uh, but Bobby, before we get into the BMW yeah. Championship, yeah. the U.S. Amateur took place at Cherry Hills in Denver, Colorado. I do because I want to get the inside scoop from you. You know, I don't follow the amateurs as much as you do. You're on top of this stuff, man. And I just want to get a feel from you as to, I mean, you're, you're, you're in it. Yeah. You know, it was tough. I was watching it obviously early in the week. I I was really watching it because there was a couple of young players um, there that I was um, very interested 
I wouldn't say I had a vested interest, but I was very interested in how uh, they were playing. One of them is, is, is a kid from Northern California. His name's Willie Walsh. He is 17 years old. He's going to Pepperdine on a on a full ride next year. He played in the U.S. Junior here a few weeks back right across the street from my house and made it to match play. And people have been raving about him. He made it to match play. He got smoked by a kid named Daniel Ford, I think, six and five in the first round. And, I, and um, his dad is a famous... I mean, this is kind of me running on, but his dad is his name is Patrick Walsh, and he's a famous high school football coach from San Mateo, California. He's won umpteen, you know, state championships or whatever. So I kind of connected with him, trying to find him a caddy for the U.S. Junior here, and we stayed in touch. And so he does something quite unique. He, a typical football coach, right? He has a uh, he has a WhatsApp. Uh, a, a WhatsApp group of about a hundred people. And what he does is he videos and commentates on every single shot his kid hits and where they stand in the match. So it's like watching PGA tour live through a football coach and everything like that. And everybody's putting oh, in their comments. Cool. Like that. So it was really cool. And obviously it was a very stacked stellar field with all your college studs and some, you, you basically all college studs is, is, is what it is. So, um, you know, I watched it early in the week as much as I could, especially with Willie and that kind of stuff. But then when it started overlapping, you know, the coverage came on a little bit later here. I think it was 5 to 6 p.m. and it doesn't start until the round of 64. And he got whacked in the first round, as I mentioned previously. But um, uh, I did watch it when I could, but I was more into the BMW. But I can tell you one thing. Everybody knows everything about this sophomore that won. Well, not everybody. Nick Dunlap, because he joins Elite Company now. He is only the second person to have ever won the U.S. Junior uh, championship and the U.S. Amateur Championship, and the only person that's ever done that before, Matt. Do you know the, do you know the answer? Tiger Woods. Right. Pretty good. Pretty good company there, and he. Yeah, and it's a big week for agents and everything like that. Now, obviously, you know, I have a bunch of agent friends. Um, one that comes to mind is Brett Augenstein, and he looks like they're going to be signing Nick Dunlop, GSE Worldwide, and they had some other players in there. Nick Gabriel Check was one of them too, who made it a long way. But I didn't get to see much. I didn't get to see much of the finish. But I'll tell you who got my attention was the big fella, Brett Shipley, the yeah. one who went down four and three, the one that looks a little bit like the fat Perez with the long hair and. Kind of I don't know. He gave me John Daly vibes. Yeah, he gave me he gave me Fat Perez vibes for sure for some reason. But I could see the John Daly vibes there. But that shot that I think that shot that did he not hit a shot that spun back and he almost hooped it to get into the finals? And there was a ton of people in the middle of the fairway. You know, I've worked probably five or six U.S. amateurs, and it's it's really unique because during you know when you get to those last matches, that last match they let the crowd follow in the middle of the fairway behind all the players. You know, so that's. That's pretty that's pretty cool. I mean, it's the U.S. amateur. Right. So, you know, even though it's an amateur and you don't win any money, I promise you he's made a bunch of money off of being U.S. amateur champ because um, what's the deal going on right now? What do you call it? I don't know much about it. NIL. Is it called the NIL? Yeah, is that where the these NIL. College that's where yeah, they so get all the sponsorship it. money. So he'll get a bunch of sponsorship money from that. So I, I was excited to hear that Nick Dunlap won and, you know, and the Shipley guy got everybody's attention. And there's, you know, there's always a bunch. It's funny. You always fight for the one seed in that. You're like, oh, who's the one seed? Because he plays number 64. But honestly, after, after you know, paying attention to him for to them for the last 20 years, seeding makes no difference whatsoever. I think in the semifinals, the final four, I, I think the best seed might have been Dunlap at 41. You had like a, a 41 seed of 
47 seed, a 50-something seed, and maybe a 61 seed. So it all comes down to match play. It's a gorgeous golf course, Cherry Hills. It's unbelievable. And it's just, you know, as far as amateurs go, you know, the Walker Cup's great. The Western Am is great. But this one just stands alone, really. So I was pretty I was pretty stoked about it. It was a great golf. It was a great week for golf last week. But the BMW Championship was the one that I was really watching. Because, you know, my new thing is Sungjae gets – you know, Sungjae's been in, in these featured groups, and I won't even watch the full coverage. I just like watching Sungjae's round, you know, the full 18 holes. I'll just sit there and barricade myself and watch every shot he hits and his putts and and how he's getting along with Willie and that kind of stuff. And he's got, he's had some dream pairings lately. He's had, you know, he had Jordan. He had Corey Connors the last day, but he had Jordan Speed the first couple of days. And, you know, that's, you know, that's a, that's a, that's like watching a movie in itself, really, isn't it? Jordan Spieth and his whole deal and his excitement and his talking to the golf ball. And and um, uh, I think I enjoy watching Michael more than I like watching Jordan because Michael's just like, oh, my God, he just looks frazzled to me. Looks like he's getting older. <laughs> he, he's graying he's up aged. real quick. Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. There's he, a lot of stress. I know. <laughs> Especially when you got to do that amount of math and everything. I mean, Spieth could not be an easy bag. No, I think he's a tough bag. I mean, I mean uh, he's obviously a great bag to have, you know, but I think he is a very, what we, what we consider a tough bag. I don't believe that he ever really talks down to Michael or anything like that. There's been a couple incidents before where he's probably fired a couple low blows or, or something like that. But I, uh, Michael's a true professional, one of the best caddies in the world. So they're, they're a hell of a team and, and they, uh, you know, we'll go through the, the, the ins and outs and the numbers, but they squeak through and they got their goal and they're going to be there in Atlanta. They are. They thought they missed it. There were two guys that thought they missed it. Terrell Hatton, yeah. number one. Yeah. Actually, Spieth yeah. finished first. Spieth, Spieth missed a short putt on the right. last to make bogey, and he thought he was yeah. out of it. He's looking up at the yeah. board and everything, thinking he's yeah. out of it. And then they had yeah. like that behind-the-scenes clip that they posted yeah. on social media about him and Michael sitting there, and he's like, am I in or what? And the yeah. guy's telling him, listen, yeah. if – Vince, was it uh, Adam Svensson? Who who was the guy? No. Gosh. Uh, well, oh, Shank. There was, Adam well, Shank well, was the yeah, one. Yeah, it was Adam Shank. Adam Shank was going to be in no matter what. But the funny thing is, is when these guys finish, depending on, on the guys in front of you, you know, where they finish, what, you, you know, distributes the points. And, and, you know, every birdie or every bogey or even a par yeah. can change, change points one way or the other. So, yes, they did finish inside the number, but they were in and out of the number all day long. You remember Denny McCarthy hit a run. Saeed Thagala hit a run. Um, somebody else was hitting a run out there, too. Um, a lot had to do with Chris Kirk, how he was going to play and how he was going to finish. But to to um, not to correct you, but Spieth actually bogeyed 17 and 18 and missed a couple couple eight footers on both of them but he's so funny to watch when he misses a putt it's never him right and i'm not talking True. shit but it's never him it's always like how did that go left did that hit something <laughs> and you, you know it's always it's fucking drama with him right it's drama it's complete drama but but he got through but that's that's like the most exciting part to me of course the championship who's going to win is the most exciting part to everybody else but to me as a person it's that jockeying and that wondering you know you're holding your breath you're absolutely holding your breath did you happen to see the interview that you know you know terrell's a spaz right and he is oh he, yeah he can be very he can be very negative at times, but that the famous FedEx Cup guy who sits back there caught him going out the door. Did you happen to see that little exchange? And no, and I didn't. Gerald didn't want any. Tell of me about, about it. 
oh my God, you didn't? It, it, it kind of went viral a little bit. So he catches Terrell going out the door and Terrell's got his hat off. And the guy's like, hey, I want to talk to you about the FedEx. And Terrell's like, what do you want to talk about? I don't think I'm going to be there, you know? And then the guy baits him back in and he tells him, hey, you're 27 right now. I'm going to give you a 50-50 chance. But a lot of it has to do with the other players, you know, that are on the course and that kind of stuff. And I think he ended up finishing 27. I wouldn't say he was in clean. He was probably sweating it out all day long. But, but you know, it was it was obviously Jordan Spieth because it didn't look like Sepp Straka even had a prayer to get in. And he ended up squeaking in by like – nine points or something like that because Thigala Bo I think Thigala bogeyed the last hole, drove it in the trees or something, had a makeable putt for for par and 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 missed it. And it's uh you know, you hate to say it's tragic, but somebody's gotta finish 31, right? I mean, so and it just <laughs> didn't work out for his way. But that was the most exciting part of the tournament for me personally to watch. But I'm not taken away from what I saw and I saw all of it the last two and a half hours with Victor Hovland shooting seven deep on the last nine holes and just you know the crazy thing is scotty scheffler didn't look like he was going to give it up like he was just absolutely playing just perfect golf just cruising along and here comes victor hovland who and i mean scotty's playing against matt fitzgerald which that whole thing, Fitzgerald's just sticking right with him the entire way. Scotty yeah. got up a couple shots. Fitzpatrick. You were saying Fitzgerald. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> there you go. That's all right. We, we, we don't want that kind of mistake to go on. Yeah. The, uh, you must I'm live, thinking Larry you must Fitzgerald. It's close to football season. <laughs> we definitely did. Number 11, Larry Fitzgerald. No, so... <laughs> Checks and balances. balances. I got you, bro. I appreciate (laughs) that. You know, you got to keep me in check out here, Bobby. Uh, It's been it's been long days. But that being said, Fitzpatrick was right there with him the entire way. He's just a grinder, man. I love watching him play. So watching those two, and then all of a sudden you got Hovland coming from behind, and it was just, I don't even know how to put it into words. I'm actually kind of, still kind of speechless. I'm like, how do I put this into context as to what Victor Hovland did? Because the two guy, there were two guys out there that shot seven under. And Victor, on a Sunday in contention, shot nine under par. Crazy. I feel like that course record was broken on Thursday, then it was rebroken yep. on Friday, then it was tied again on Saturday, and then it was broken again on on Sunday, but probably one of the most phenomenal, you know, he's not in the state. He's man. Is he on the March to be one of the best golf, you know, potential number one golfer in the world? I mean, I wouldn't say no to that, honestly. I mean, we've been talking about him breaking through and when he does in a big way and what would happen after that. But, you know, the, the big knock the big knock on him was always his his short game and he used to work with a coach named you know he's not my favorite coach Jeff Smith I, I've gone over that before and he went to this guy in Vegas named uh, Joe Mayo and things have seemed to turn around with his with his short game but I read this quote I read this quote that I thought kind of summarizes where Victor Hovland has been with his short game in the last year since he went with Joe Mayo and I read this quote where Victor where where Victor said, let me see if I get it right. A lot of people overestimate what they can do in one day, but they underestimate what they can do over time. And I thought that was just one of the greatest mindset quotes, especially for golf, 
you know, because everybody, you know, you were talking about your short game problems and that kind of stuff yeah. and the sense of urgency to get it handled and go get, the, you, you know, and you, you explained, you shared the story with us about going to see your coach and you were seeing some progress and that kind of stuff. But I just thought that that was a fantastic quote. And I'd never heard that quote before, but I think it summarizes, you know, where he was in his short game. And I did a little reading. I, I do know Joe Mayo. He's kind of an eccentric little crazy modified stack and tilt guy who's a, a, a poker a go figure he lives in vegas he's a professional poker player on the side he's very witty he's very intelligent and if 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 i'm remembering this article correctly victor didn't like that he had a you know a lot of steep what he would call steepness and and joe mayo or, or the bowed wrist even when he's chipping and joe mayo went back and showed him some some videos of some of the greatest chippers in the world jordan speed some of the koreans and that kind of stuff and he 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 convinced Victor, that he didn't need to change his technique, that maybe he just needed to change his mind frame, so to speak, and get some more repetitions in that would build some confidence. And obviously, you don't need a really good short game when you shoot 700 and you're hitting at 8 to 12 feet for two and a half hours and almost all day long. But, you know, I really, like you, I thought it was going to be, I thought Scotty, even though Scotty was just a shade under, I'm going to say he was like minus 1.894, finished 38th in putting last week, and he gets only gets beat by, by two shots. And he missed – did he not miss a two-footer like on 16 or 17 that that knocked him, you, you know, potentially uh, one shot out of the lead? It wasn't not two a shot. two-footer, but it was it was a short putt. Yeah, he missed and it knocked him out of contention. It. Yeah, and 17. I did also see something that in Memphis that he finished like – you know, there was like 70 guys in the field at Memphis. I want to say he finished 66 or 68th in putting. So my point being, when this putter heats up for Scotty Scheffler, you know, I, I think he's going to start dominating and winning possibly three, four or five times a year. But it was a super exciting tournament. It was as exciting as we predicted it was going to be with Victor getting it done, you know, stuffing that shot on the last hole. Oh, who didn't think he was going to stuff it? He had all the confidence. Everything was falling on a perfect number. And those rounds as a as a player and as a caddy, when things like that happen, everything is falling on a perfect number. And him with a short iron in his hand, a wedge in his hand, and he likes to slide it a little bit in there going at the, going at a right flag. You just knew that that thing was going to be tight. And he poured it in. He poured it in right in the middle, wins by two over Scheffler. Um, Fitz was hanging in there. You know, Fitz hadn't, you know, Fitz will tell you he hadn't been having a very consistent, what you would call a great year for him too, but he seemed to really rise up. I really thought, you know, Sungjae, I was telling you, I watched Sungjae's round. He was paired with Rory, I want to say maybe on Saturday or something like that. And it's funny, you just, you know, Rory's putting like crap right now too, right? And he finished it 12 under, which was, was five backward, but it was a much closer than that. And what I mean by it was much closer than that was like on Saturday, he makes a run early, makes two or three birdies, gets to within one or two of the lead. Sunday, he does the same thing. He makes an early charge and he misses a couple putts and he kind of flattens out. But this is the, this is the grand poobah coming up. So he's probably the putting himself on edge for that. Our guy, Brian Harmon had another great week, 11 under T5. He's over the British Open hangover. Um, that's official. I felt a little bad for Max Homa. You know, he was he was dominating on Saturday. Didn't he have a three or a four shot lead at one point and made the triple bogey on Saturday? And then he obviously had some issues with some some drunk fans that were gambling out there and had a few choice words first few choice words with them. So Max is Max is heading quite into form. And and I think when you have a three or four shot lead 
and you make a number like that, I think it's very hard to rebound from something like that. You know, you need a lot of things to go your way. And I think it, I think it sets you back for probably the next two or three holes, because I did, I do think he, he, he followed it up with a bogey or two after that, but he had a good, had a great week. I told you, I watched Sung Jay all, I watched Sung Jay all week long and he's just swinging so good. And I started to notice something with his swing too. I, I feel like, the best times that I've seen Sungjae play in the, and he's playing great right now and he's on form right now, but with his driver swing, it, it seems like he has a little, real high finish with his driver swing. I don't know if that's just me being a little kooky and watching too much golf and seeing too much of a Sungjae swing in it, but he's, he's definitely on form. And, you know, I'm going to say it for the 87th time I made this prediction that one year he's going to win at Memphis. He played great last, the, the week before last at Memphis, but I truly believe that he's going to win this, this, this championship, the tour championship at some point because I caddy for him there. He finished second there last year in the FedEx Cup. I know he's eight back going on going in. And I'll go through where everybody stands when they What come do you think his eight. weakness is right now, Bobby? On that Potter for sure. Because I'm yeah. really watching to see has it how, you know, when when it's at PGA tour live and you get to see every shot, you get to see if he's hitting the dark side or not. You know mm. what I mean? If he's if he's hanging his head, if he's you know, doing a lot of the head shaking and everything like that. But I feel like him and Willie are getting along quite good. He's, I noticed he's got Willie Wilcox in there reading a lot of putts, um, almost every single putt for him. And, man, he had a ton of makeable putts that really didn't even hit the hole. So if that thing starts heating up, he, you know, I'm just going to shake my head. And you can shake your head with me. But the way that Sung J.M. hits the ball, and this is his fifth time to the PGA Tour Championship, and I – Personally, told you last week, I was a little skeptical on how he would handle the pressure. Well, he yeah. handled the pressure like the man and the stud that that he is with that with that seventh place finish, and he went all the way from like twenty eighth to where did he go to, Matt? Like sixteenth or seventeenth or something like. That. I should have it on my notes here. Um, <laughs> uh, he went to where's the notes? Oh, he went to sixteenth, so he made a he made a huge move and he got it handled. So, you know. Five years on tour and he's only won two times and he hits it that good. That just doesn't seem right. It doesn't me. seem right. That's and why I, I was asking, it, what is his weakness right now? You know and, what I think it is, and I told I was talking to Willie. Um, I was talking to Willie about it last week, and he was telling me about the putting, and he was asking me, "Hey, what do you see in that kind of stuff?" And I'm like, "Man, I feel like he." I feel like his hands, I say, I think I said this to you before, I feel like his hands get really low later in the round. You know, I'm not mm. saying he's getting tired or anything like that, but um, he has been working with Josh Gregory, the famous uh, short game and, and putting coach. And Josh actually came in to work with him when I was in 2020 just on a whim because we felt like we needed some help. And Jackson, Mississippi, I believe it was. And that was the first thing Josh said to me. He didn't say much to Sanjay. He's like, man, his hands are gay. His hands are really low, so he tried to get Sungjae to put those hands up there really high, and Sungjae went with it for, like, the first couple rounds and wasn't playing good, and he's like, no, I'm just going to do it my way. But he's rekindled the flame with Josh, and I just think it's putting with Sungjae. I just think when Sungjae has one one of those weeks or two of those weeks, he's probably going to absolutely blow the blow the drawers off. But, you know, I've also, I've also said on, on, on the other – on the other hand, that when some, when something goes wrong and Sung Jae can't handle it mentally, he goes into a very dark place for two holes or three holes, and I think I think that's the difference or, or of, of winning or when everybody's got issues out there, temper issues for the most part. But I think that's the big difference. But man, I look for him to have a big week this week, brother. I will. I look for him to have an absolute big week this week. I don't want to tell you who I'm going to pick in our penny bets or anything like that, but I kind of just gave away who I'm. I'm really kind of. Um, uh, 
rooting for. So anyways, he finished at 10 under, he finished seventh. He locked his spot up. Xander finished tied for eighth with Russell Henley at nine under. And I don't think Russell Henley's getting the credit that he deserves all year long. Do you know I was doing a little recon on these Ryder Cup guys that are in the mix for getting picks and that kind of stuff. And and I came across some information that if you went back like three months ago on a week on a week to week basis, any week that that Russell played, he he would he would have been like six on the point list or seven on the point list for the Ryder Cup, picking it up from there, not going back to the two years that they go back to or eight. So he's totally on form and he had a he had another great solid week. You know, Denny McCarthy's been solid. When's he going to win? We don't have an idea. Saif Agala, you know, making the late bogey, just just crushing to miss by. Fuck, can you imagine well, that, McCarthy, man? I know this- yeah, I mean, McCarthy, Thagala, and Kirk all on the outskirts. I know. That's but gonna and, be and the funny thing is, and, and two of the three of those guys, well, I'll start with Chris Kirk because he was leading up the first two days, if I'm not mistaken, up the first day and the second. So he looked like he was kind of what I would call a not a shoe-in, but if he just had some kind of a pulse coming in. But he just gagged all over himself on Saturday and couldn't get it done on Sunday. But the two that were back and forth making the hot runs there midway through the round on Sunday were, were McCarthy and um, Saeed. They were really moving that 28-29 and 30 spot. But I guess my point was with Saeed is, okay, yes, the points are worth four times as much during the playoffs. You, you know, I, you, you either like that or you don't like that. I don't know if it rewards the consistency that you should get for the – these guys only play 18. These marquee players eight, play 18 to 20, low 20s tournaments. Sung Jay's probably the highest 20 paid 28 tournaments this year, I think, somewhere around there. But you just feel like there maybe there needs to be a little bit more reward for the consistency of playing so good for, for 20 or 24 weeks of the year. But – you know, on the flip side, if you're one of those guys that gets hot in the playoffs and it's four times points, you know, it, it's you, you can make a case that it's the greatest thing in the world. But, you know, for the third yeah. time, I'm going to try and explain myself because I keep we're talking in circles. But you <laughs> miss by nine fucking points and you play 30 and you play 30 events and you wonder why and you wonder how and when a caddy makes their money. But that's that that was like a big thing for me. And it's a big thing for all the guys that I caddy with, too, is that you, you, you know, a guy like. If a guy like Siwoo misses by nine points, you could probably go back to a, to 10 to 12 times where he just said, fuck it, I'm not into it. I'm, I'm 42nd. That doesn't get my attention. But, but we, you know, I have used this line in the past for guys that are on the bubble that it's not about the money. You know, it's about the points. You never say it's about the money. Fuck yeah, it's about the money. Of course, we're all out there for the money in there. And, you know, then that's first and foremost. But you just got to hang in there. And I felt bad. I, I felt bad for Saeed. He's a, he's a SoCal guy. He's very passionate. Um, I think that if he strains out that driver a little bit, you know, because he does have a habit of driving it all over the map, but he has every other shot in the book. So, you know, if he can get, get a little more consistent with the driver, I don't think he'll probably, I think he'll probably play in double digit tour championships the rest of his life. So it was super exciting. Lucas Glover kind of cooled off a little bit, I guess, four under finished tied for 22nd, not terribly embarrassing. Obviously, you know, we talked enough about speed at, at one over and, and I'll, I'll tell you what, he, he probably was packing his bags going home, Sepp Straka, but you know, he did. Let's give him a shout out. He played horrible the first three days, and they dropped sixty six on Sunday, right? And that, and then he played himself right into the Tour Championship. And you know, and congratulations to him. I believe this is, is going to be his first Tour Championship, and that's all. 
that's very exciting because I don't even know what dead last pays in the tour championship anymore. But if I'm not mistaken, it's a half a million dollars. And most of that is lump sum cash. It's not the annuity. I think like 400 grand is lump sum cash or, or something like that. So, you know, now you got, now you got, what's the winner get of this? I should even know 20 million, right? Don't they get 20 million if they win this thing for the FedEx cup? Does that sound about right to you, Matt? You would know better than me. It does. So, I saw 20 million you know, several times. I don't know if that's always, the entire purse or for the champion. No, let me, let me look it up. Yeah, look it up. But I, I'm pretty sure it's $20 million to the winner, because which which means that if Scotty Scheffler happens to win this, he's going to make about $40 million this year. Oof. 40. That's, that's insane. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. It is, isn't it? <laughs> it really is Did you so find it? hang on FedEx so <laughs> tour championship tour championship purse we're almost there Bobby here we go so the champion will receive 18 That's million okay. dollars you were close but they're guaranteed 500 grand okay so I, I yeah so I think what the deal is I think it's eight it, it's I think it it could even be 18 million cash and 2 million in an annuity because a little bit of that goes into their retirement. Oh, wow. And Dude, there's a prize what, money pool of exciting, $75 right? million. Dollars. This is where it gets so exciting. So a guy like, like I was already doing the math for my guy. SH Kim finishes 83rd on the FedEx cap list, they pay all the way down to 125 or whatever, maybe even a little deeper, but he gets $84,000 and wait till I try and slap that invoice on him on a check and see how he reacts to that being a Korean. He has no <laughs> idea what's coming for him. I'm going to do it too. I mean, everybody gets paid on that. Why wouldn't I, right? Could yeah. be grounds for termination. Then I got to find myself another Korean to work for. But here's... <laughs> Here's where here's where it gets exciting as as we step into East Lake because you know we you know we have the staggered we have the staggered star right Scotty Scheffler hasn't even hit a shot are we at that point of the show yet or can I roll with yeah. that right now yeah, yeah. Let, let's so roll right into the, the tour championship yeah so right into the tour championship well well I'll, I'll tell you um you know a little rundown on the course it's Zoysia fairways and it's it's Bermuda rough and it's Bermuda greens and you can tell nobody's putted on those greens for probably months before this championship because uh, um, there's not a piece of grass out of place the fairways are perfect the rough is the rough is deep and this is going to be the last year the guy that oh you would know better than me that famous designer right now that redid such a fabulous job on Oak Hill as soon as this tournament that last spot falls the very next day it's almost like Jack did with Memorial they're going to start digging this course up and they are going to move it back to to um they're not going to change any routing but i did read that they're going to change some holes like maybe um number eight and they're going to raise some par threes and get rid of some water and that kind of stuff so this is going to be the last time on this particular layout before he comes in and tweaks it but you know with the stat with, with obviously for people that don't know and i'm assuming that 99.9 percent of the people that listen to this show are pretty much golf addicts you have to be to listen to me ramble but scotty <laughs> shuffler is going to start thursday at 10 under with a two-shot lead over victor hovland will be eight under then rory will be seven under um john rom will be six lucas glover will be five then you got a handful of guys at four under max canley Harmon. Uh, Wyndham Clark Fitz will be four under. Um, Tommy Fleetwood, Russell Henley, Keegan Bradley, Ricky Xander will be three under. Tom Kim, the Koreans are all at two under. Tom Kim, Sung Jae Siwoo, Tony Fino uh, at two under. 
So you would think that you would think that those guys at even or one or two or three under don't have a chance. But should, you want to stroll down memory lane to what happened last year with our champion Rory McIlroy. Do you remember on Thursday he whipped one out of bounds on number one left and made a triple bogey right up the spot, makes a triple bogey, and he started. He started that day six back, right? So he started four under. Scotty was at 10 under. He bogeys number two, and now he's 10 off of the lead. This is all on Thursday, by the way, right? The set. Let's fast forward. He makes some birdies coming in. Let's fast forward to him standing on the 12th tee during the second round. Guess how many shots back he is of the lead, Scotty Scheffler? 11 back of the lead in the second round. 11 back. By the time the fourth round rolls around, he's standing on the 16, and now he's only one back. So you can't tell me that none of these guys at even par or one or two or three under can't get it done because Rory proved last year that that is a fact. And so I was, I, we, I think we were talking last year uh, on, uh, somewhere around this episode whether we thought this thing needed to be tweaked or you know how they've always gone and tried to make it a little bit better, a little bit better. But I think I like this format. I think I do. I think that's the perfect. You know, prize for Scotty being number one is to have that little two-shot lead to start with, which is which could be gone. You know, walking from the first green to the second tee for sure, because you know Scotty was, you know, by far the best player. Well, I wouldn't say by far, but he was playing the best golf of the world last year for sure. And you know, he just looked like a normal human being under pressure. He couldn't get it done, and he couldn't close it out, and he had Rory run him down. So it was it was super exciting to see something like that. I don't see Sepp Straka coming from number 30 because he's just been off form and he didn't play very good in Memphis and that kind of stuff. You never know what you're going to get with Jordan. Obviously he's done it. He's done it before. You know, we have Cantlay and Xander in there. We, we got guys that are FedEx cup champions in there and it's just going to be, I can hardly watch until Thursday. The only thing I don't like is 30 man fields is tea times don't start till 1135. So what am I going to do early in the morning? I dropped yeah, the boys off at school. I'm back in the rack at the Casa at 8.30 in the morning, and then I'm just going to be counting the minutes until Thursday rolls around. Bobby, you know who did not like this tour championship setup? Is John Ooh. Rahm. Yeah, he doesn't What do you think about his though, comments? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I really don't to tell you the truth. I think he's a super. I think he's a super intelligent guy, and he weighs and and he's passionate. You, you know, he's passionate about what he, he says. I just don't think that John Rom fires from the hip. You know what I mean? I think everything he says, he's he's given some thought to, right? And he's given some merit to, and he's he's gone down the the old fashioned list of pros and cons. You know, what's the pros? What's the cons of something like that? But but I think that I think one of the points that he was making was the point that I. I was making a few minutes ago that he doesn't like the fact that the that those that the playoff events are four times the points you know i think he was he was more complaining about something like that but you know john ron doesn't like he doesn't like a lot of things so but he's still it's the best two players in the world one of the best two players in the world would you agree with that him and scotty I would he's not in form right now which goes back to me he's, with players taking time off yeah, where did he end up finishing last week? Anyways, I don't uh, even know. Down I towards know the that. bottom. Yeah, he was in the. Was he in the twenties or thirties somewhere? Right. He was down there. I didn't even check because I was so disgusted. Because obviously he was my pick last week. Right. Who was my pick? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later, folks. <laughs> 
is my Actually, pick? we didn't we didn't even cover our petty bet results. We got so excited about this tour championship, oh, oh, we forgot to Throw talk about there. the BMW championship. So our yeah. penny bet results. So I had John Rom. Right. I, who did you have? Patrick Cantley. Yeah. You you yeah. won. Yeah, I gotcha. Cantley stumbled yeah. in at fifteenth somehow. Yeah. And then did we, we do a, a tier two on that one? Yeah, we did. You don't remember? I'm just baiting you for a second. Go ahead. Who'd you have? No, you tell me who you had first. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either, but I think I want it. <laughs> oh, our audience don't is going to have a field day with down? us over Isn't this it, one. Doesn't it go on the social media site? Usually I do, which it's funny. Yeah, but that's the problem. I, so our social media guy, Brad, he... He has it. Normally, he hits me up and after each episode that we record and goes, Hey, who'd you guys pick for your penny bets? And then post it. He's been slacking lately and he has not come to me and asked me for those penny bets to post. So I forgot to write them down last week. So I'm completely lost. And I thought I, I thought if you told me who you picked, then I was going to be able to tell you who I picked. Man, I would. I, let me let me scroll down the leaderboard. I, I, I mean, honestly, I would like to. Man, I would what like. What was to tier two? Me. I know. I can't remember. <sighs> who, 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 oh, I won it. You had Hideki in EWD. Remember? You had Hideki because that's I was, not right. Don't give me that <laughs> shit. If you go to Vegas and you it was Hideki. It was Hideki. No, it, it becomes a scratch if he WDs. Yeah, you tried going into Caesar's <laughs> Palace after a guy WDs. All right, so you got you got you those two that, last you, week. Yeah, yeah. So what is this? Now yeah. there was a big inquiry on what I owed you last You're week. You're down to thirteen thousand now. Down to thirteen. Okay. Yeah. That I'm going to write down. That Lucky I do know. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't forget the dollars or yeah. the pennies. I should say. No, but I'm being straight with you on Hideki. Had Hideki. Yeah. WD no, you were before. spot on. Yeah, but it had. Well, I'm talking about the WD. Had he not hit a tee shot in WD, there would have been no bet because I know, as caddies that have bet on golf in the past, me being one of them way wow. back in the day, that you're hoping somebody WDs. So basically, what I'm saying is, if you went into Caesars and you bet a head to head, you know, and and again, Hideki against Russell Henley, for instance, or something <laughs> like that, Hideki played a couple holes and pulled out. There's no way that you're going to go to Caesars and. And they're going to give you your money back. So two and zero oh for Gosh, the kid. Darn it. You are. I mean, that's the first time in a long time. God, there was that no has to be. There's not. God, there's not there for no like way. another four weeks. So <laughs> you're in good shape. Yeah, I know. I know. Except, I mean, and now what's Chicago. crazy is you're going to be able to pick first this week as well because you had the winner. So I'm curious yeah. because as we go through the tour championship, I'm trying to think, is there anything else that we need to cover within the tour championship? I mean, everybody kind of is hearing everything about, you know, the structure of it. And I feel like that's the only real news other than Jay coming on. We'll get to Jay's media yeah. interaction okay. um, that took place yeah. today a little bit later on. But I mean, there really hasn't been a, a whole lot of news, right? No, no, nothing. Exciting. I mean, obviously, everybody was waiting for the press conference today, for sure. Um, you, you know, I watched it. I'm sure you watched it, too. Um, there was no, we'll talk about it later. There's nothing earth shattering in it. That, that's for There's sure. Not. But I mean, it's just it's just it's just 30 guys busting out for 18 to 20 million dollars. And it's the highlight. It's the culmination of our year. Right. It's the final final. It's the big kahuna. We basically figuring out who the best golfer of the year is. Um and it's just the most epic golf course that you can possibly be on in your life. Um, it is, 
man, it's just mint. It's just cool. It, it's just cool to be there, right? And I haven't been there in a few years, bro. And I need to get back fast. How great of fast. a golf course is that? It's well, you know, it's not super long. It's about seventy three hundred yards. It plays to a par seventy. There's only there's only obviously only two par fives, but the the par threes are sick. You got to drive. You got to do everything good there, bro. You got to drive it really good. You got to hit it on the right side of the hole. Um, obviously, it was changed some years ago. We used to finish. It was a little anticlimactic when you finish. Eighteen used to, you know, they reversed the nines. Eighteen used to be um, the par three, which is now number nine. So you know that's a little bit different. But I'm interested to see how the changes are going to go for for next year with this guy coming in. God, I can't remember the name of. I'm the guy who redid Oak Hill because oh, I saw I a uh, topography. It is, it's actually not a name that I recognized, um, but he's a renowned golf course architect, Andrew Green. Yeah, Andrew Green. Andrew Green. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I mean, man, it's just sick. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, there's 30 guys on the driving range. It never gets too crowded. Um, there's people every, uh, there's not a lot of people show up on Wednesday, but on Thursday, Friday, and obviously towards the weekend, they get into their golf there. Um, a lot of charity money goes to that inner city Atlanta area, which is a huge thing too. You know, they're, they're big proponents of the first tee. There's a golf course right across the street from there. That is a first tee, first tee golf course. And I believe that's where, you know, our guys that we like so much, um, uh, Eastside Eastside golf. Golf. yeah, I wonder if they're being, it, still being shunned by the PGA tour. What's that? They are. I don't know. I, I'm wondering. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I haven't heard anything. I haven't because I remember them talking on the on one of the oh, podcasts yeah, you're saying that. Yeah. about how yeah. Yeah. they do not like they're the one organization, sports organization that will not interact with them, won't even give them the time of day. Guess what showed up at my door today? Sneakers. Yes. Guess <laughs> what kind? Dunks. Uh, uh, I got the Eastside Golf One Lows. The whoa, navy one, out of whoa. the mud. Yeah, remember, remember you. How do those move, look? Oh, fucking phenomenal. Do but they? What looks best is I have to get box. a pair. The box is unbelievable. I can't go up in the closet and bring yeah. them down right now because the boss is sleeping with the kids up there. They're back in school, and everybody's got to be good night, Irene, by eight o'clock in this house. But um, uh, man, it showed up today, and it was sick. I don't ever think I'm going to wear them. To tell you the truth, they're kind of na- the navy with the kind of the, the with their logos on. Yeah, you got to Google it up and look at it. But the box, oh no, I know exactly what you remember, sneaker remember, they are. And, and remember the box. They remember the box was like his dad. It was a picture of his dad or an artist rendering of his dad teeing off at number one at Augusta and everything like that. And I was super stoked. And I was super stoked because I think they opened up. They were selling for like 140 to 160. You couldn't win them on a draw. And they were mid to 200s to 300s. And I lowballed the shit out of a guy on StockX. And I ended up getting him for 164 out the door. I'm pretty stoked about that. But I do have a sick pair of um, uh, these kind of khaki peg leg pants that I might rock them on date night with a nice navy blue uh, wow. Short sleeve shirt. This is not my best episode right now. I am wow. rambling about rambling shit. No, but hang on a second because this is yeah. going to catch your interest. You know okay. the Travis Scott, um, the okay, Cactus wait. Jacks, right? With the yeah, reverse Nike do. logo and everything, of course. I'm just double checking, yeah. you know? Shut I mean, up, making dude. sure you're with the pop Jesus. culture. Uh, <laughs> yes. You are a sneakerhead. Yes. So I yes. got a sneak preview. And I may or I may not it. have the golf version of the Travis Scotts. Wait, you might have them in possession? I'm going to call bullshit if you say you have them in possession. I might have them in possession. They're not even released until October, uh-huh. bro. 
Yeah. Really? Talk about contacts, bud. Talk Can you do me a favor? Contacts. We're good. We're, we're close now. We're friends. Can you do me a favor? Never wear those things, please, for the love of God. Dad, I know Bobby, you will. Bobby, I, I will. I have to. No, don't worry. Those things are going to be worth so much money if you just hang on to them. Nah, I know. I don't. I know you're not. I like wear me. sneakers. I yeah. don't save yeah. them. I don't keep them. Not, gotcha. So that's the difference between me and you because I wear them all the time. Well, I hope Mrs. Cook isn't looking at this right now. Uh, isn't watching this right now. She's going to be very mad that you're going to be. It's a potential thousand to sixteen hundred dollar pair of shoes that are that super. Oh my god, I did. So I was at an ASU football game last season. I have season tickets, right? So Uh I ended up going to a game and I wore the Travis Scotts in the. uh, Why am I blanking on the name? The the uh, the, yes, the mochas. And sure enough, one of the guys is like, "Wait a second, are those the Travis Scotts?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, dude, do you know yeah. that those go for like fifteen hundred dollars? I was like, yeah. Yes. So yeah, he's do. like, why are you wearing them to an ASU football game? And I'm like, because I wear them. Like they're shoes, yeah. they're sneakers. Right. Like I, that's right. the way I look right. at them. Sneakerheads are probably turning over in their graves right now. Listen to me say this, but well, it's not no, an investment for not, me because you know. You, no, and it's no big deal because your big time sneakerheads wear them all the time too, right? Their their shoes are made to be worn. For me, it's a little bit different. I own two pairs of Travis Scotts. One of them is a size two Y. Do you know what that means? That's two youth, <laughs> and it's the olive ones that drop when they dropped. I couldn't. I wasn't winning, Ooh. so I started scanning down on every size possible, and I ended up winning the two youth and i'm gonna uh, and honestly i'm saving him for pat and my six-year-old because he's about a one right now and and i won't let him touch i showed him to him and i'm like don't touch do not touch do not touch and he's like oh dad the nike thing is backwards and i'm like yeah that's the whole idea and then he just had are you an air force one guy do you ever wear air force oh, ones yeah. you know that i, I always okay. have to have a fresh so, pair of air force ones so I what I never knew how to get the Travis Scott Air Force Ones and uh, th- this guy named Luke who is best friends with Doug Gim out here who is kind of part of his team he kind of does everything for Doug and they're both big sneakerheads and that kind of stuff and he goes look what I just got he made an all white Travis Scott um, um, you know his big name it's Utopia right they call it Utopia that's like his his thing that he puts on all his t-shirts and everything Travis Scott Utopia and I go where did you get those and they're just a plain white one and they have the little Cactus Jack logo very small towards the heel and it says Utopia on them so I, I'm like where'd you get them he goes the website and I'm like I can't find them on the website he goes you idiot you gotta go to the Travis Scott website and I ended up getting well, like one of the last pairs on the Travis Scott website so wow. I do own some Travis Scott's wait is this a golf you show do. I forgot. I mean, I'm talking about <laughs> the Travis Scott golf, golf shoes, <laughs> the AJ ones, guys. So, yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody should those. know that you and I are sneakerheads. So, I mean, yeah, they if should. you're not a sneakerhead, I apologize. You can skip, skip, skip. I should have said that in the you beginning know, of this little segment. Speaking of Travis Scott um, uh, golf shoes, did you see? Did you did you see like five or six uh, live events ago? Mickelson was wearing some Travis Scott golf shoes out on the golf course. Yeah. But they weren't. They were customs, right? We all figured yeah. out they were customs. They weren't the. Yeah. They weren't the ones that that you have. I'm interested. You, dude, you're totally stoked. There's not very many pairs of those going out, and they're a. What what color would you call them? I mean, I know the outside backwards so stripe is black. The inside is white in the, in the normal correct. way that Nike does it. But it's it's a beige or a khaki, right? Isn't it's it something, almost. Something I like would that? have to say it's closer to like a light olive. 
like a light olive slash khaki and then the a light the olive. outer portion is not gotcha. exactly like a cream it's almost more white like i i it's almost like an off-white so to speak gotcha. like kind of one of those yellowish yellowish whites okay it's just so okay, clean gotcha. and then the neon gotcha. the neon just pops yeah yeah, gotcha. You know what I've been in, investing? I've, I've, I've been kind of buying a, a couple Nike golf shoes here and there just for, for obviously resale. But the first one that I bought um, in my size was, did you see the, you know, Nike did those special peach ones that Keptco was wearing at um, at Augusta, you know? I don't know if you oh, saw them or not. Yes, they, were the kind Air- of, they were kind of funky color. They were peach They color, came out with Air Max good. 90s of those. Yeah, so I bought a pair of those. Yeah, they may. Yeah, they do. They double up. They'll go into. They'll do. They'll do the Air Max version, the ninety version too. And I tried then to get the, the Air Max nineties. Yeah, there. It's. I. Did you not. can get. You can get them, but. Um, you mean in the peach ones? I mean, on the website, you can. I get I tried to get them on the drop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody tries to get them on the drop, but they're so hard to get on the drop. And then I bought the ones that, you know, obviously from that open that Brian just recently won, that was big Beatles territory there, right? So they did a, mm. a, a Beatles-themed one, and I scored one of those too, which I'm pretty stoked. But I don't know if I'm going to resell those because if I if I ever feel like my back's healthy again or something like that, I'm probably going to rock those if I start playing. And, brother, I am getting the bug to start playing golf again for some reason. I have wow. no idea. Come on out, Tansy, bud. I'm a lonely man right now. Lori went Come back on, to work. Bobby. The boys went back to school on Monday and I sat around this house and I was, it was so funny. I was like borderline emotional because I'm like, oh, my, my six, year, my, they're like my guys, my two kids being at home, you know, tennis in the morning, pool in the afternoon. We have a, just a great family day together. And now they're at school and they drop me like a bad habit. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm just lonely. I'm lonely. Two more lonely weeks. I think I gotta be home for like two more weeks I'm so lonely. I can only do yard work. Boss lady gave me a list of like 50 fucking things to do. I'm out there trimming bushes today with a weed whacker thing that I think I'm going to cut a limb off with. And it's 95 degrees and I'm not much of a sweater. I look like Lucas Glover out there in my shorts and my fucking t-shirt. I'm just soaking through everything. It's funny. They got a goddamn fly in this house. I couldn't get him out for like three days. And I took this t-shirt off that I was wearing all day. And I'm like, oh, there that bastard is. He's on the window. I'm going to get him now. So I went and grabbed this my t-shirt. This is like four hours after I finished doing my yard work. And it was still soaking wet. And what was my first move? I gave it one of these. I'm like, <laughs> do I still smell? <laughs> Bobby, you're, you got to tell me that you don't have either one of the tennis rackets that uh, that zaps them or one of those salt guns that shoots the salt at them and kills the bugs. No, you don't know the, of these. Oh, my God. No. I'm going to I'm going to send you a link for both of those. It's going to blow Will your you? mind. Yeah, yeah, well, you why not? It's the off season. I need to spend yeah. so much, add some extra money because I got so much of it laying around. That's <laughs> true. 15, I mean, just... <laughs> uh, yeah, let, let me give of... you some things to go buy. <laughs> okay, give me some things to go buy. And and speaking of, okay, well, we'll get over the the the, the all our bullshit talk. I was my guy Troy Merritt is. Uh, I'm a, we've been texting a lot um, uh, lately. You never know we were divorced or we split or anything like that. But he told me today that that um, uh, he's been going to a doctor because he's been diagnosed with what's called frozen shoulder. Have you ever heard of frozen shoulder where no, your shoulder I've heard can of tennis elbow but so, not frozen? Shoulder. Yeah. So it's, it's apparently the doctor said he's he's got this 
frozen shoulder thing. And he was trying to tell me he thinks that's why he started to get the yips and that kind of stuff. And he, he, they went to do some new stuff in PT the last few days. And he feels like he's getting out of it and that kind of stuff. And he, he basically told me, he's like, man, if I can get over this frozen shoulder, which I've never heard of before, um, I, they probably can't play for a little while. So thoughts are out wow. for Thoughts are out for our guy, Troy Merritt, you know, made it almost two years with him. He's so absolutely, as you know, one of my favorite people in the world and wishing Troy the best. And hopefully he's got a guy like uh, Endo, right? Endo? Is that your guy? Endo. 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 Oh, by the way, talking about the Endo. gym. I mean, since, since we're kind of on a little tangent here, I yeah. love the fact that you brought up Endo Whoa. because not only do we have Wyndham Clark now as a champion in the gym, through Ando, but we also yeah. have now through Brandon, Sugar Sean. <sighs> Sugar Sean, he won the uh, UFC title, the Bantamweight title. Was that the big one that was this last weekend? Yeah. So he trains out of my oh. gym too, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And I, so thought I, saw, I, I thought I saw Brandon is actually in his corner. That. Yeah, so he's actually, wow. Brandon goes and is in his corner. I saw him on the pay-per-view, and literally Brandon is, like, not only his trainer, but also his breathing coach. I didn't realize Brandon does this much in terms of breathing, but shout-out to PFS, man. They got some stuff going on because not only do they get me in shape, but they've also – bred two champions now coming out of there i saw streels this morning we we were talking a little oh, yeah. bit as i was on the Did bike you? and uh I yeah. told him, I, well, I we told now him know each other uh, well i told him a few weeks ago our connection and everything like that and he said he was going to look for you i don't know if he's he's mentioned it to you or not you know do you know that we had a live tournament last week that wasn't a live tournament the international series asian the tour DP event World that they tour? oh Really? No, no, there was, listen to this. There was an international event. It's called the international series. It's one of those ones that most of these live guys are required to, to play in. Obviously Dustin didn't play in it. And I don't think Brooks played in it. Brooks, no. Stenson played, Stenson, Westwood, uh, excuse me, Westwood, Poulter played in it. Um, When did you say I could start talking shit on Perez again? Not until next (laughs) week. the end of the year. Until the end of the year. Dang it. (laughs) <laughs> yep. He finished almost dead to last again. But my point is, not is surprising. Andy Ogletree thumped all these guys by seven shots. Do you remember what I told you when I caddied for Andy Ogletree two years ago at Sony when Troy got that I told you he was going to be any kind of a player, that he was hurt, he had a bad back, blah, blah, blah. You he talked highly of him. I love this guy's game. So now he just throttled these guys. He was 16 under in this international series. I'll call it the international series event. He beat he beat Poulter by seven shots. Poulter finished nine under. These are Anubon Lahiri played another great week. He was eight under. Kokrak, uh, Abe Answer, Matt Jones. He beat those guys by nine shots. Luke Poulter. It pays to have a wealthy dad who is a freshman at the University of Florida this year. Finished tied for 22nd as an amateur. Listen to this. Man, how do I how do I say this in a positive way? I think it's great that Luke Poulter and Sam Westwood got to play in this event as an amateur. But the way that they got to play in that event, I don't know, just because their dad are super famous golfers and they get a token spot. I mean, I get it. It's politics when it comes to sponsors. God, I'd love and that a token spot. <laughs> yeah, but no kidding. Well, 
no comment on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it's pretty cool that Luke Poulter's got some game and he finished tied for tw- tied for twenty second. At one point through two two rounds, he was only two shots behind his dad. His dad was like t seventeen and he was like nineteen. But I'd be pretty stoked for a guy like that, a nineteen year old kid if you ever get a For chance sure. to if you follow polter some of his stuff is it's it's very pro polter and that kind of stuff you know for obvious reasons but you know and he's a little overboard with the live stuff and, and pressing all that kind of stuff but he's you know Bobby, you know I told that you we never he used up. to be a client of mine with the golf simulators okay yeah there you go he's yeah, into toys. i know how eccentric and crazy he is yeah yeah yeah, he's eccentric and crazy, but I think I truly believe he's a great family man and cares about his kids and his wife a he's lot. He's a good dude. Yeah, and I think he really is a, a good dude deep inside. Deep inside, But um, what was my point of this whole thing? Now I totally you lost You know, that's track. a great oh. question. It's a great question. Yeah, what was my, what my, what my point? <laughs> Bobby, Steve, what, what was the point yeah. of your Red Bull? When we don't have a live tournament, for four or five weeks, we're, I'm just, we're just scrambling to talk about stuff. Just I know. Scrambling well, to I'm going to give you a hot take. About- I'm going to take it back to the tour championship real quick. We're going to get back on track here for just a second because we have to go we over our penny our bets. Picks. We haven't made our picks yet. We have not. And so I just have one hot take. And, okay. you know, I keep thinking about it. And I'm just going to say it because you've given me shit about it in the past. But I am going to go on record and say that, and by the way, I'm going to hate myself for saying this because Scotty Scheffler is such a great guy and he's such a, I mean, I can't say it enough. He's such a good guy. Uh Scotty Scheffler is a choke artist. Why why would you say that? (laughs) Because it's true. He, and here's the thing though, it's not his iron game or like there's nothing with his longer shots that makes him a choke artist. It literally comes down to the putter. And I I've said it before, not in this direct manner, but Scotty Scheffler has a problem under pressure making putts and the masters being one of them. He four putts, the masters. Then he goes out and what happened to him last year against Rory at this very tournament that we're going to be talking about and making our penny bets what happened last week? I mean, the flat stick let him down in pressure. It looked good in the beginning, yep. but as soon as the pressure comes on, he starts missing putts, Bobby. And I don't mean it to be a jerk. I mean it to be almost motivational for somebody like Scotty Scheffler to where, you know, he doesn't want to be labeled as a choke artist. He shouldn't be labeled as a choke artist. But at some point, you got to start to realize how good this guy really is. And yet the nerves get to him in the end. Well, he was making everything on the planet for a year and a half before that, though, wasn't he? Remember? But he's only. But did you see the stat goes to your circadian rhythms or whatever? (laughs) But he's only one biorhythms. That's what it is. Biorhythms. February, March, April are the only times he's won. Really? Yep. I didn't know that. That is that. That is interesting. Can I can I throw another Scotty Scheffler stat? at you that yeah. has nothing to do with putting if he hits 62 greens this week which i don't know if that's possible or not but if he hits 62 <laughs> greens he will have hit the most greens ever on the pga tour in one season that's so, what i'm saying so remember i said last week i go is that you just so validated good? my point bobby well, i know you I didn't did. like it 
No, I'm not going to say I didn't like it, but I feel like I made a comment last week that I feel like he's getting a little yippy with the short ones. Remember I said that? I go, is he getting a little yippy with these short ones? And I was waiting for him to pull Old Faithful back out that he has won the all these tournaments in, what would you say, February, March, and April? Yeah. <laughs> well, man, if, if, he, if, if, he, if he turns into a great putter, he's probably going to win Tiger amount of times during the year, right? Because he's first, second, first, second, first, second, first, second, first, second, first, second, first, 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 second, second, and every stat that means any stat whatsoever, other than other than the punting, right? And he finished thirty eighth in punting last week, so you have a lot of validity to what you're saying. So I'm not going to. There is. I mean, I hate myself for saying it because, again, I want to reiterate he is such a nice guy. He doesn't deserve it, but at the same time, this is sport, right? And this is. The game of golf to where if I see something, I'm going to call it. It's an unfiltered golf podcast. I'm going to call it how it is. And to me, he chokes under pressure with the flat stick. Yeah, we're honest. We're honest. That's for sure. I would like to get into some Ryder Cup stuff, but I feel like the big Ryder Cup. We got the penny bets first. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm taking Sungjae. Wow. That was super fast. I'm going Rory. Well, I was always going to take him. I'm going to take him until he wins one of these years. Wow. Who do you got? I'm going Rory. Rory yeah, McIlroy. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. He dominates. Yeah, he's like, yeah, and he's playing he well. And yeah. the poor guy just keeps finishing second or third or fourth. Like it's stupid. Eventually, he's gonna well, get it done. I, well, there's no B players in this thing, is there? Really? No. There's no, no. B players. No. no. There's no. B I mean, players. We could have. We could go twenty nine and thirty, <laughs> which uh, they're not B players. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take speed. You can have yeah, strength. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, we're just no. going with the one we'll this week. We'll hold off on that. But like I said, I want to get right, into some Ryder Cup stuff. But I let's feel get like into the Ryder Cup, with... Bobby. Well, I don't want to get into it really too much yet. Okay, let's just get into oh. this back. Six guys are locked. Okay, we'll we'll just yeah. we'll we'll do it a little bit. Okay. Wait, are they locked? Guys... I wasn't certain of yeah. that. No, there's six guys that are locked: Xander, okay. Scotty. Cantley, Brian Harmon, Max Homa, Wyndham Clark, mathematical locks. Two of those guys, the way that they finished, bumped Kepka out by the slimmest of margins to number seven. So now whether he's going to get picked, which I was always under the assumption that you had to qualify these live guys to, to get any kind of pick whatsoever. So, you know, the big drama, the big drama is going to be when we have this show next week at this time, because as soon as this tournament is over is when Zach makes his picks. I believe it's on, I believe it's on on Monday. You want to know what you want to know how bored I am with my family gone back in school. I, what, there was two things on my list to watch on TV. Listen to this. Obviously Jay's press conference, Jay Monahan's press conference. And the second one was Suzanne Pedersen picking the, the rest of her all this old time cup. <laughs> I watched yeah. that too. Three oh, of those chicks. It was Did so. It not only that, but tonight before our show, I was actually watching yeah. the Payne Stewart Awards, and both were painful. I mean, Gary uh, Park, right? gosh, yeah, Gary. Gary I mean, yeah, yeah, NBC Sports. We sorry, we we we're sorry we fired you. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. I got another topic I want to talk some. I haven't had any hit and run shit on people lately, but I'm going to no, get back into that here in about 30 seconds. But okay. those, but um, 
<laughs> Do you think that fucking Drew Stoltz and Colt Nose have any idea who was picked on that for who Suzanne Pedersen picked? No, because we go deeper than those guys do. Wow. We go deeper in golf. Wow. And they probably didn't talk about the USAM or they didn't talk about Andy Ogletree either. You just took that's, on that's some bar. Well, that's just a big I mean, I hey listen, I listen to their stuff too and I enjoy it because I've known Colt forever and I think he's a character. This Drew Stoltz guy, I don't know much I don't don't know much <laughs> about him, but I, I feel like he's a look at me kind of guy. Like I'm best friends with everybody and I'm a super great amateur golfer and I played on many tours and I did really well and that kind of stuff. He's a, he's witty with one liners like I've never seen before, like I've never heard before in my life. But I do enjoy them. But I feel like we go a little deeper into golf that that, that they go into golf. But my shit on hit run thing is is i need to write a letter to the pga tour and because i can't figure out where the hell they get like Chantel mccabe or all these people calling these pga tour live things that i just can't even handle i can't even handle john mcginnis anymore they just sound so stupid out there and they're not educated they, they don't know what they're talking about there's oh, one so that- now you're on my same wavelength do you yeah. not recall like a couple weeks ago when i was talking about well you obviously were watching it but you were out there caddying unsh were in the featured group and everything for pga tour live and i'm watching it and they have nothing they're just like oh yeah and bobby brown he's he's caddied for dustin johnson before well, and that was like the best thing that they had for four hours well randomly you will hear random you randomly you will hear something like that but it comes from the good from the good the guys like will mckenzie or matt every who are or good guy or guys guys out there that know the idios the ins and outs of that caddy and what he's done and, and his connection to his player and how he can help or how he can hurt in certain situations. But I was sitting there thinking to myself that I would be good for that job. If I could just clean up my mouth, slow down my talking, get rid of my phrase saying, you know what I mean, or whatever that thing is I say forty seven times. Um, should I be should I be worried right now? No, you're gonna no, be leaving no, the podcast. No, because no, I'm a cat. I'm a caddy through and through. But I'm getting older and that kind of stuff. But I, I'd be lying if I wasn't sitting there daydreaming on the couch today, where I'm like, who do I need to talk to to see if I can get a week or do something like that? I will tell you, I can't stand Chantel McCabe. She's horrible. I can't stand Lisa Cornwell. She's horrible. And she's got this vendetta for Brandel Chambly, you know, which you either you like Brandel or you don't. There's no in, in, in betweens. I, I understand that. They got this guy on there, as Matt Avery says, his name is the coach, the coach who used to be in the wrestling Dang thing heck. or something like that. Matt Avery will tell you he checks a box. That's why he's hired. What and, and I don't know if you can say I, that. I get what that means. Yeah. He checks a box. He basically checks a box. They got a guy, um uh Oh, gosh. I'm going to say they got a brother out there who I don't even know who he is, but he's standing on par three tees when you are are on par three tees. And he like aggressively comes up to you as a cat and he's like, hey, man, make sure you tell me, sign, flash me a sign, what club you're hitting and that kind of stuff. And I I look at him and I'm like, who the fuck are you? Why am I going to flash you? Why would I flash a sign? You know, why would I flash a sign when when we had all this big to do about Brooks, you know, about Brooks Kepka and Butchie and Brooks's caddy at Augusta flashing signs. And then we have a, a caddy meeting, you know, shortly thereafter at Hartford telling the officials telling us, so if we see you guys flashing signs, we're going to ding somebody. So don't be the guy that that's going to make the, <clears throat> excuse me, the sports page the next morning and that kind of stuff. But I think they just need to revamp and re-overhaul and get some caddies in there, get Matt every back there. We you definitely know, need Will a McKenzie caddy in back there. In there. Because the caddies provide we the perspective that we don't yeah, normally yeah, get. For sure. 
Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I think people and I think listeners are, are into that. They want to know a little bit about I, I do both truly believe they want to know about the caddy and what he's done in the past and and how he can help a player or how he can hurt a player in certain situations. So that wasn't a really shit on you hit and run. But I was Chantel okay. McCabe's, Chantel wow. McCabe sucks. I mean, Where you, were you we? right went after Cole and you went after uh, Stoltze. And yeah. sure enough, I mean, then you turned it around. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but we okay. were we made our picks so we made our penny bet picks we were talking about the Ryder yeah. Cup selections and here's the thing I mean is Justin Thomas going to be the most controversial pick that he makes I mean now he's got the spot because now he can just say I'm only going with PGA Tour guys I'm not going to pick anybody from live yeah see a Brooks and I don't think anybody's yeah. going to be upset by that even though yeah. Brooks is good in the locker room and stuff like that and he should be I think and, and- I think he should be on the team, Brooks, to tell you the truth. You think so? I, I, think, I, I don't know, man. I feel like if they really want to – if they want the best team, I think they – I think Brooks should be – I think Brooks should be on there if they Did want the best. Did you see what Ogilvy said about Justin Thomas? Jeff Ogilvy? Yeah. No, what did he say? Because I love what Jeff Ogilvy has to say for the most so part. So he said that Justin Thomas is a no-brainer. He's the best match play player that is out there. Okay. Should Lucas Glover? Okay, well, I'll give you one <laughs> rapid-fire question. Ready? Okay. Will a live golfer be picked for this Ryder Cup team? No. Okay, there you go. That's the only question. Because I, th- I think it made it easy. They yeah. can, I mean, Stricker doesn't have to deal with any drama because bringing in a live golf guy and making it a captain's wait, wait. pick, that's going to... Did you just make another name mistake? Did you did say I? Stricker? Why Is did I Stricker? say that? Because he's been a captain umpteen times of different teams. Man, you're not feeling it. The President's Cup. I am am off. But I will will give you a little compliment. You would look good in that Swanee hat and that Swanee's hoodie. I appreciate that. That's what I'm going to give you for that. It makes me feel Zach Johnson is our captain this year. Oh, geez. Aren't they the same person? honestly i don't same person honestly to me it's the same guys it's the same it's a different captain every year kind of sorta but it's the same as assistant captains and listen it's this it's yes zach is the captain but believe me what strick has to say or what jimmy Furyk has to say or what fred especially what freddie c has to say carries a lot of weight so it's basically five cap and tiger and there's it's basically five captains together making these decisions on who they're going to get picked we're going to have a hell of an episode next week once these because i don't want to get oh, in I can't wait. yeah well i think we can save who gets picked and who we think yeah, should I agree. Get picked and shouldn't get picked until next week so now the show's the folks you got to tune in next week because not only is it going to go out as its normal podcast episode but next tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Check out our social media because we're going to be posting links to the live broadcast. This is going to be the first time we have gone live. And guess what? We're going to be on millions.co. They are a brand new streaming platform that works with athletes. They came to us. They wanted us to be a part of this with them. And uh, we couldn't be any more excited about it. They're doing some phenomenal stuff. They've got a lot of athletes that they have signed. Um, Obviously, they're bringing us on board. So really exciting stuff there. Um, So it will be a live broadcast next week, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific 
It is going to be an absolute blast, and we're going to be talking a lot about the Ryder Cup. But this is not the end of the episode, Bobby, because we still got to talk about for just a brief okay. minute about Jay Monahan's media interaction that was yeah. a positive, and yet he didn't say anything. Yeah, I so I watched that. I, listen, I don't have anything to say about it because I watched the whole thing. I think he was very man. He's a, such a likable guy. He is likable. He's so likable. He gives all the right answers. I, I'm sure you know some of them might have been prescripted. He professionally, I would say he can dance around the truth, but I don't think he has a lot of answers. So to me, I watched it for him and Tyler Dennis. I watched it for. 45 minutes or an hour. And then I kind of watched a little bit of, again, trying to get some insight. And really there was nothing earth shattering or groundbreaking. What I like listening to is the certain people that I know from the past that are in the media that are asking the questions that are starting to trying to dig up shit. And, and Shibnuck wasn't there obviously, but Doug Ferguson is one of them who works for the AP, but he's always trying to stir the pot and get some answers and that kind of stuff. And I just feel like Jay doesn't have, the answers to give right now, you know, obviously, you know, the big thing is, is the framework, is there a plan B if the framework falls through, he's very confident the framework is not going to fall through, you know, uh, attitude of the players for this day, comparing to perhaps June 6th, when it, you know, when, when everything broke without any of the players knowing and that kind of stuff. And it, and it seems like, you know, it seems like the players are getting on board. And because I think the fact is, is the players have to get on board for the PGA Tour to keep up these massive purses, right? They have to get on board. So I really don't, there was nothing that I'm like, whoa, or, or wow, I didn't know that. I just thought it was a normal, typical Jay Monahan, Tyler Dennis interview. Yeah. That's, that's my take. How about you? I felt like it was really polished. I felt like it was a lot of it was scripted. And here's the thing within negotiations, like they can't give up everything. They can't provide all these details in a confidential type of negotiation that's going on between them and Piff. And I'm sure that it's very complex. I mean, the one thing that he reiterated was the fact that, you know, they're going to maintain control. They're going to be in control of this entire thing. And I still, that's the one line from him that I just don't believe. I don't believe that, yeah, they might be saying it, but follow the money. Everybody knows that the money's the reason why we're in this situation to where Piff has to be involved. So guess what? Whoever's got the money is going to be the one in control, no matter who's got the majority of board seats or anything like that. So again, that's the one piece that I think he's just feeding that to the media, hoping that somebody's finally going to just buy into it. And I'm just not buying into that one. But I do think that he did an incredible job from a PR standpoint of just kind of toning everything down, bringing everything to an even even keel and kind of refocusing stuff on the tour championship. And you have to give a little bit of respect to Jay Monahan for coming out there doing that and discussing everything and being able to spend an hour without saying anything. I mean, yeah. that is, that's a talent in, a, in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, that's a politician yeah. right there yeah, talking totally. for an hour and not saying anything substantial. So you I mean, know what? I was surprised too. You know, you know what I was surprised to find out? This is his sixth year as commissioner. Did you know that? I didn't know he had been commissioner that long. Yes. No. I, I thought I heard that this was his sixth year, which I was uh, I was surprised That's to hear interesting. that. Yeah, that was very interesting. Because Tim Fincham was before him, unless I'm yeah, saying right. another name. 
Yeah, yeah, I can even. Was, yeah, I've had a rough okay. night with names. Yeah, okay. I woke up this morning having a tough time with names. Better go get a freaking CT yeah. scan or something. That's all right. Hang in there. Wait till you get my age. Jeez, man. What but else they got? Gotta got you to keep me in check, Bobby. That's all we got for tonight. That's all we got. I mean, again, folks. Next Tuesday will be live, ten Eastern, seven p.m. Pacific. Could barely even get that out of my mouth. That's okay. um, and we are going to be on millions.co, brand new platform. Um, they are, I mean, it's exciting stuff that uh, they have talked to me about in private and uh, their ambitions and where they're going to be taking podcasts and streaming platforms. I mean, they've got some of the top UFC guys signed up. And I mean, awesome. it's pretty, pretty cool stuff. I mean, we're, we're, being onboarded as their golf side of things because they don't really have that side of it. And they really liked our unfiltered approach and everything, Bobby. So we're going to be okay. live. Hopefully we don't say something stupid out there, but that being said, that's, um, that's probably more on me than you uh, because obviously I'm struggling with names as it is, but yes, everybody live stream, check out our social media pages at pole hook golf on TikTok. Uh, we've had a couple of the uh, small little videos go or reels go viral. So that was uh, oh, cool. kind of cool. Um, so we've had over 70,000 views on a, on uh, two of them. And uh, the other one had about 40,000. So uh, great stuff there. So yeah, fans cool. keep up being our audience. We love you. We would, wouldn't be doing it without you. So uh, definitely keep listening in every single week. And if you want to be a part of the live stream, there is going to be a live chat that is a part of it as well. So really excited to get that underway and get that going. Um, and really, that's about all I right got on. for you. I mean, let's go. Tour Championship. Sung JM yeah. versus Rory McElroy. That's all that matters, folks. Let's go. It's on. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you for Bobby. tuning in to Season 2 of the Pull Hook Golf Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe and go to www.pullhookgolf.com for more.